Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. For nearly 40 years, Wolfgang Beltracci fooled fooled the international art world and was responsible for the biggest art forgery scandal in the post-war era. An expert in art theory, history, and painting techniques, he tracked down the gaps in the au revoir of great artists like Max Ernst, Ferdinand Leger, Heinrich Pampendonck, André de Rain, and Max Pestein. Above all, he filled them with his own works. He and his wife, Helena, would introduce them to the world of art as originals, a mesmerizing and thought-provoking yet amusing documentary on the life and times of Wolfgang Beltracci, who tricked the international art world for nearly 40 years, is here in theaters today. That would be uh, August 21st here in Los Angeles, and we are so honored and thrilled to have with us Arner Birkenstock, the director and producer. Arner, welcome to Film School. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored myself to be here and to be with you tonight. Thank you. Now, tell me a little bit about your, uh, how did you come to learn about Wolfgang Beltracci and uh, and what prompted you to want to uh, turn that into a documentary film? Well, let me be honest. I, I'm a filmmaker for many years, and, and my father is a criminal lawyer, and he was the lawyer of Wolfgang Beltracci. And so at a certain point, he called me asking do you think this would be an interesting story for a cinema documentary? And I said, yes, it is. It will be, but I'm not sure if I should do it. So I asked friends at, at broadcasters and so on, and and they said, well, if the trial is over and the role of your father is over, and uh, if they don't have any uh, right to to mess up your, your final cut, um, just do it. It's, it's a thing in documentary which is quite common that you have a, a special, special um, 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 way to, to to get to the protagonist. And so that was uh, after he was uh, sentenced for six years to jail. I got to know him and and I discussed with him about making a documentary mm-hmm. about him. And why was I interested? I was interested because. He is a fascinating guy because he is not only good or not only bad. He is an ambivalent personality, which is really interesting. And, of course, the whole story of what is art and what is fake and and, and what is the market doing, the art market doing uh, in this case. These are so interesting, thrilling stories, which I found fascinating to do a film about. Yeah, and above all else, whatever Wolfgang, uh, whatever else his peculiarities or his personality might mean, he is a supremely talented artist. Well, you know, that is the question of definition. What is an artist? Um, I think he is an extremely uh, great craftsman. Mm. Um but for me, and that is a subject in the film also, mm-hmm. the question of being an artist has to do with the original of an idea and also with the struggle you have. I mean, I'm a filmmaker. I'm sitting in editing rooms 
having loads of material and trying to find out what will be the 90-minute version of my film. And I have always these moments where I don't know what to do next, where I'm really kind of lost in material, lost in space. And I found this archive footage with Max Ernst, with the original artist, who tells exactly that. I'm lost. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I have fear in front of the white canvas. I don't know what to do. I have to experiment. I have to try out things. I don't know what to do next. I don't know if the art market, if the art critique will value what I'm doing. And of course, if then somebody like Wassam Bertaki comes there 100 years later, mm -hmm. he always knows what to do next. Mm. He doesn't have to risk himself artistically. He does something which is already appraised by the market, by the critique, by art history. For me to explain it to somebody who is not an artist himself, who is not part of the art market himself, I think that's the best way to explain it. it it's, it's really about risking oneself, about having an original idea. And Wolfgang was or is a great strategist. He is very inventive and, and, and vivid and witty in in having a strategy and fooling the market and fooling the really major players like Sotheby's, like Christie's, like major experts in the art market and giving them the story they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Well, what about his, in, in the scope of his forgeries, where he would fill in with paintings of, of certain periods that were lost or whatever they might be in the in the in sort of gaps in the histories of these people of these artists these great artists do you not well, do you not i mean is it I, I understand what you're saying and i i agree with what you said about you know the the idea of creating something out of nothing is is the essence of what these artists have done have done but is there something to be said for someone who can who can create art unseen art as forgeries is that is well, what, what he did is he um, he did a lot of research mm -hmm. and found out about paintings. Yeah, <coughs> he found out about paintings which were known by name, but there have been no appearance of them, no photography, no catalog, uh, picture, whatever, mm -hmm. and who have been lost during the wars, uh, during mm -hmm. Nazi time in Germany, and so on and so on, occupation and all this terror which happened. And so um, he reinvented those pictures. Or he took like a series of paintings. Maybe an artist did uh, 13 paintings of a certain landscape in southern France. So he said this artist might as well could have done 15 or 16 or 17 paintings of this landscape. So he added mm -hmm. to the oeuvre of these artists uh, uh, his own work, but of course, very much in the style yeah. and innovation of those artists. Well, okay, so let's move on to the sort of let's get back to the story of of Wolfgang and and Helena, which is it's uh, they themselves, as you said at the uh, earlier, was they're very open people. They seem very friendly, very uh, you know interesting in that respect in that they were so uh so open about the way they went about it um did that surprise you in any way 
Well, um, yes and no. I mean, I'm a documentary filmmaker for a long time now, and um, I I uh, got to know them, and, and I, yes, they are very open, and they are eager to tell their story. They, they like to tell their story also. Um, and... Um, so I got to know them before, so I was not like surprised when I put my camera on. Mm. I, I, I got to know them before. I think it is also something, um, a way to survive for them. I mean, they, they, they wrote a book, they did some television things. They uh, make now exhibitions with his work under his own name. So they have, of course, also a certain interest to 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 be in public and to and 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 to get Wolfgang Beltracchi to sell his paintings under his own name. Hmm. I'll remind our listeners we're speaking with Arnor Birkenstock, the uh, director, screenwriter, and producer of the film Beltracchi or Beltracchi. Am I uh, the art of forgery? And um, now, what is is there in doing this documentary? Is there was there something that you learned about the art world? What is, what's your take on, I mean, on the art world in, in, I guess, in relation to this kind of a story? Does it reveal? Well, I was, I was, um, actually there are two things. One is, I was wondering why is it that, let's say, among the classical betrayers, the art forger is so popular in the streets? Hmm. So I guess there are three things. First is that he, betrays people who are very rich. He does not betray the grandmother of her pension. He does not betray the family father of his little house. Uh, he does betray really rich people, which is no moral justification, but which explains partly why, why he is like being seen kind of as not being a criminal so much. The second thing is he knows something we all understand, that this is a certain knowledge or capacity he knows how to paint well. Uh, like a financial betrayer, he knows a very specific thing of mathematics, of stock exchanges, of whatever, but we don't understand that. We do not understand that. The art forge is different. We understand he knows how to paint well. And the third thing, and that was important for my film, is it has to do, of course, with prejudices and with failing to understand contemporary art. So people say, oh, well, this guy knows how to paint. Contemporary people do all kinds of stuff we don't understand. <laughs> so for me, it was really important in my film to, to make clear the difference, what we were talking about earlier, to make clear the difference between an original, innovative artist and Wolfgang Beltracchi. Um, so that's, that's one thing uh, which was for me very important to make that clear, and it was kind of difficult also. How can you explain that to somebody who is not affectionate or close to, to the art world. The second thing which was really striking for me, being not very familiar with the art market, was how much the art market or a certain part of the art market was kind of opening their doors and making lots of money with the Beltrakis. Beltrakis sold the painting to them and they resold it and resold it and resold it. And after Beltrakis was was like a cause, these players in the art market had not the slightest interest in helping to, 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 
to get the case done and to and to get the proof together and to and to dismantle further forgeries because as Wolfgang Beltracchi is a greedy man who did this forgeries out of a greedy kind of attitude, but he encountered a very greedy market. Yeah. So there is no interest in dismantling art forgeries. That's fascinating. In, no, go ahead. In, in this segment of market. If you have three people, you have the, the buyer, the seller, and the expert, there is, none of them will be interested in saying this is a forgery. And that is a big problem. And now they criticize me for doing this film, and they criticize journalists for doing articles about their tracking because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to go on as they always did. Well, I'm curious what the kind of argument, or what would they say about you for making this film? That you, What is their argument, if you will, that... You should keep your so well. I had in 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 Germany, but already also in New York, you have like different reactions to that film. One is um, uh, that they accuse me of doing kind of a propaganda film for a criminal, which I don't think I did, and which I didn't ever want to do. I wanted to show this Wolfgang Beltracchi as he is in his, let's say, good ways or appealing ways. Yeah. And in his negative ways, he has a strange relationship to art. He is a show-off. On the other hand, he is witty, he is charming, he is knowledgeable. So you have the both sides. And I'm, and I'm not explaining to my audience what to think when they see it. I'm just showing it to them. And everybody can make uh, his his or her own opinion about him. So, um, so of course, there was a big discussion about that film in Germany, uh, where the case was, was bigger than maybe here in the U.S. And, um, yes, people would criticize the fact that there is a film about him. Right. And, I mean, there is this nice story uh, uh, on the side of that film. And, and, and there is a couple in the film, art collectors, yeah. who have bought a wrong Kampendonk, uh, faked Kampendonk by Beltracchi. Uh, and um, so the German police, when the trial with Beltracchi was over, there had been paintings which were part of the trial. There had been other paintings which had been suspected but were not part of the trial. So the police took these paintings and wrote letters to the big auction companies, auction houses, saying there had been a trial, this guy has been accused of forgery and has been sentenced. And we have some paintings where we suspect and where we think they're also from his uh, workshops. And so um, please inform your customers about that information and about the possibility of a scientific expertise. So they sent this letter to Christie's. And what did Christie's do? I asked you. <laughs> I assume that they didn't do anything with it. Exactly. <laughs> so... More than half a year later, the policeman saw the painting in a catalog and it said collection Omerslage Belgium. Then he went to the guy saying, listen, give it, give it an, uh, an expertise. And so he did. And so it turned out, obviously, that it was a forgery. And then uh, they called up Christie's and Christie said, okay, we'll give you back the money, you give us back the painting and let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. And of course, this is a problem if you think about future Beltrakis, if you really want to 
make it more difficult for the next Beltraki who shows up or who is already painting and selling vividly, you have to change your attitudes. You have to change some mechanisms. You have to change uh, 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 the way how to do things. I th- I think what you and said, that's something they don't want to do. Yeah, I think you said what you said. You said it perfectly. Everyone is making money all along the way here, and so no one wants to return the money. No one wants to admit that they've been fooled. Uh, so it, it's it. I hate to say it. It's a sort of uh, you can under sort of in quotations understand, but at the same time, it is a fraud and. It's, it is a fraud, and that, I mean, that is really important for me. I'm not saying these things to excuse Mr. Beltraki. He yeah. did the crime. Originally, he went there yeah. and did this fraud. I'm just saying, oh, oh what, I'm, where, what I'm missing or what I, where I'm seeing a, a lack is that now that we have seen all this fraud, it has been dismantled and we have seen the mechanism and we have seen how easy it was for him to get his paintings into the market, then there should be a discussion about how can we prevent future collectors, customers uh, from the next fraud. And that is what I believe is not happening, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a question about uh, Wolfgang um Beltraki, would he be, in your opinion, do you think he would be good at spotting fraudulent or or forgeries? Um, would he would he be a, a, a someone you'd call upon to look at a painting and say, yeah, that's a fraud or that is not a or not a forgery? I I really don't know. I, I I mean, he he will be an expert on his own forgeries, obviously. Yeah, obviously, but um, I'm mean, and he probably has some hints because. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how. I just would be curious if he would. He did for forty years, and and yeah, and. Yeah, forty years. Um, but I don't know if he has like the systematic and and uh, of an expert. And and nowadays you have uh, different possibilities. You used to have only the expertise of art historians, of art experts, and nowadays you have all kinds of scientific methods to. Yeah. To look at the material, that how he was called actually, that they saw that there was a, a white color pigment which uh, has not been used right. in the time the the painting uh, was supposed to be painted. So, um, actually, I don't know. To be yeah. honest, I don't know I'm if he cur- would be the right person to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know curious. if anybody would hire him. Also. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true too. Well, I, I want to let our listeners know that uh, you, uh, Arner Birkenstock, writer, uh, screenwriter, producer, and director of the film uh, Beltraki, The Art of for- Forgery, are in, is it, let me start over, you are in town uh, Saturday, uh, August 22nd, this coming Saturday, um, and at the, and for some screenings. Now, where are you going to be at? What what theater are you are you screening? I'm going to be at Lemle Music Hall, and I'll be there uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, oh, giving a Q&A, and I'll be happy to discuss the film uh, from my experience in Germany and also here in New York. I can tell it is an entertaining film. It is uh, yes. comical. It is thoughtful. And, and that is nice for the Q&A afterwards. It is a film which 
raises so many questions and, and which gives you such an ambivalent feeling about the guy and about what he did and yeah. about the art market. So there is plenty to talk about. So yeah. I really would be happy to see and uh, many of your listeners uh, in the cinema and, 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 and yeah. be able to talk with them. Yeah, and I, I, uh, It would be wonderful. Yes, and, and to your point, it is a very amusing film. And I, you're absolutely, in my opinion, you're absolutely right. His sort of uh, Wolfgang's lack of reflection, and, and it, there's a couple of moments of reflection, but for yeah, the yeah, most yeah. part, it, it is an ambivalent. Uh, it's a portrayal of an ambivalent man with a, as you put it, a, a craftsman uh, of, of of a high order, in order to be able to do what he did for all those many 35 to 40 years. A remarkable well, film, and uh, I am thrilled to have had the opportunity to uh, to talk with you about. Beltraki, the art of forgery. I'm happy equally, and thank you so much. It was a good talk, and uh, I hope uh, I will see many of you people in the cinema, and we can discuss all these questions about art and original and copy, which is such a relevant subject nowadays, also in the digital era. Uh, yeah. It is a quite interesting story uh, for our times, dealing with art and dealing, dealing with innovation and, and, and these kind of things. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.